I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. <clears throat> you're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, <laughs> adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Men. Men is a 2022 folk horror film written and directed by Alex Garland. In the aftermath of a personal tragedy, Harper retreats alone to the beautiful English countryside, hoping to find a place to heal. But someone or something from the surrounding woods appears to be stalking her. What begins as simmering dread becomes a fully formed nightmare, inhabited by her darkest memories and fears. Men. 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 Boys. Yes. <laughs> Boys Two Men, famous uh, R&B soul acapella group. I'm happy boys to, to go down that. I'm happy to go down that. Yeah, let's just chat let's, boys to men for the let's next talk half about boys hour. to men because they, men. Yes. Uh, hmm. You know what? Interesting film. The I'm film. I think we're not as good as I thought we were. <laughs> I didn't believe it was possible <laughs> until Alex Garland transported it onto the screen. I would like to say, on behalf of women everywhere, uh, thank you, Alex Garland. <laughs> uh, it's, look, let's get there. Let's get the elephant out of the room. Yeah. Uh, the movie is insane, but also what is more insane is that. Alex Garland sat down and was like, yeah, being a woman's ma must suck. Mm. And like, I agree. It must be hard and shit and there's lots of things. But hey, maybe Alex, maybe that's not your story to tell. Yeah. He, just, he is interesting because his previous one was Annihilation, which is yeah. a very female driven film. Yeah, yeah. What's going on in that man's brain? Well, look, I have, I have no What's problem. going on in the brain of men? I think what's going on in the brain of men is that inside every man... Is a back pussy waiting yeah. to be freed. Mm. <laughs> there it is. First mention Preach, of back pussy, brother. Are we, um, are we this week's episode brought to you by Scaredy Men? Scaredy Men, yeah. yeah. We're the Scaredy Men. No, in this case, I'm happy to be boys. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be Scaredy Although boys. the boy was still a bit the boy of a boy. Was uh, the boy had a man's face? The boy was a cunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boy was not a, a back cunt, just a cunt. cunt. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, what I, a film. It, the point about Alex Garland, though, just to jump back for a sec. Sure. Like, I have no qualm with. A male director mm. making a exploring feminist issues. Well, yeah, or, or making a film where it's you know a lot of female characters and right. it's female stories, and that's that's awesome, and you should do that absolutely. Mm. I think the issue is is that this movie, you just imagine what if either one of the writer or the director mm. had been a woman, yeah, right, and then you go maybe it explores the subtleties of because effectively we saw this movie at the the Kino Dust Kino together mm-hmm. as a as a group, mm. and I was driving home from Dust Kino. Uh, with my partner, who is a woman, mm-hmm. and we were driving along, and she was describing her qualms with the film and things she would have liked to have seen them do better, and it was like, right. they should have hit this more subtly, and they should have done this, where you're not really sure, and, and basically every example she gave was just lived experience that she yeah, has as yeah. a woman yeah. functioning yeah. in society. And I think if you're going to make a movie that's trying to comment on that, maybe... This movie's about as subtle as a sledgehammer yeah. to But did you I, say yeah, to yeah. her, I've just watched Men, I don't need your opinion. <laughs> I did say that. Yeah. I said, uh, please, babe. 
Um, Let I've me just... just stroke my mustache for a second <laughs> while I talk down to you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This movie is yeah, well, like the, fucking insane. The subtlety thing that you mentioned, like obviously you're talking about your partner saying, oh, if he just brought this subtle little thing in. But like you said, there is no subtlety to this movie. But it, I, for me, the experience was like, I didn't realize that until I think we're probably discussing it afterwards. Well, I mean, obviously the, the imagery at the end is not subtle, but it feels like a movie that is... It feels intellectual. It feels like it's sort of using imagery and obviously this, there's so much that's impressive in terms of the way it's made. Yeah. Yeah. But the message itself, it kind of, it was, it so enamored me with all this other stuff that the message itself is like, hold on, one, that's not subtle. And two, that's not new. That's not like a new idea that, hey, no. men create other toxic men. Like, I guess, you, you know what? I've changed my mind. I five, think five I stars. Think, no, 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 no. I think you can make this film as a man yeah. if you lean more into toxic masculinity. As a so, like Fincher doing Fight Club, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Something like that, where you lean all the way into toxic men begat more toxic men. Mm. Yeah, and it's 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 just as toxic masculinity is is bad for men as well as women. It isn't just a yeah, right, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. But I don't know if this movie necessarily nails that. Here's an example you've seen, Tom. Yeah. You've seen the film The Last Jewel, Ridley Scott yes, film. Yes, yes. Damn, I'm not sure if you've no, come across yet. it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and weirdly, because it's it's uh, a Matt Damon and Ben Affleck mm. project, who haven't in the past always been, um, let's say, smart with the choices and the things <laughs> that they say about women. Yeah. No. They co-wrote the script and they got, and I'm going to butcher her name and I apologize, but Nicole Hoffacina, I think it is. They got her to come in. And so that film is broken into three parts. Yeah. Three points of view. And the female character's point of view is written by a woman. So right. they actually have said, yeah, it'd be great actually to bring a woman in because it's a very it's a very uh, tricky subject yeah. matter. Yeah. But it, it benefits from it strongly. Like, Tom, you would have seen it. The third yeah. act is the strongest part of the movie. It is pretty, yeah. And they benefit from having the voice of a woman come yeah, into yeah. it. Where Alex Garland's kind of like, I got this. Yeah. And it's, to your point, Damo, I think it kind of, it throws some pretty lovely cinematography mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse Buckley's a fantastic oh, actor. She is. Rory Kinnear is sensational yeah. Yeah. in a variety of roles here. I love um, that. And the music, too. the sound design mm. is very unsettling oh and creepy. God, the so music, that sort of like um, choral chant, yep. nearly thing that echoing, oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. all that thing's like creepy. The thing you Oof. saw in the trailer gets under your skin. And then, yeah, by the time you get to the third act, you go, oh, hang on. This isn't that deep or anything. No, this is just no. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you come out of it feeling like, yeah, that's annoying. The example I would give is I was so stressed. By the, um, we've talked about this going into a horror mm. movie. Sometimes the scariest part is before you start watching. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I had this big popcorn. I didn't touch it <laughs> until there was like twenty minutes to go because I was so stressed. And then I think I reached a level of comfort in the movie where I was like, okay, I can have some now. And yeah. then back pussy happened, and I was yeah. like, Oof, will I ever eat again? Right. <laughs> oh, I'm not, uh, now's the time to chomp on some popcorn. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I felt very weird chewing popcorn when. Just back pussy after back pussy was yeah. on screen. Well, no, like, there's only there's only one back pussy. Now. Oh yeah, you there's, know, a right. of, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of man pussy. Yeah. But there's only <laughs> For some one reason back in pussy. my head. There's heaps. <laughs> Tom, Tom, can you rank the fa- your favorite pussies in this? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> the, the stone one in the ch- no. I, I think we talked about this afterwards. That I think the folk horror elements early on and before you know what's yeah. happening. It's really interesting. Once the game is up, it immediately climbs up its own back pussy. Yeah. So, to me, it's literally like the midpoint, right? Literally, the first half of this thing, I think, is an incredibly proficient and affecting folk horror story that I was fucking loving, if I'm honest. Like, Mm. Like you were saying, the cinematography and the sound... 
alone, it was a beautiful English landscape. It felt so threatening while also being gorgeous. The colors were fantastic. The colors, even from like her flashbacks to remembering when her um, emotionally manipulative husband was sort of, you know, when he potentially committed suicide slash accidentally died. Questionable area. Yeah. Their fight. The oranges and the glows from that in the English. Like, all of it was fucking phenomenal. And then they bring in that score, that sound of, yeah, the Mm -hmm. echoing. And then that is layering on, on top of this sort of already big tension we're feeling. The guys following her up the um, old rail track or whatever it was. It was fucking amazing. Obviously, we knew the green man was coming in there at some point. I was just like, oh, this is everything I've wanted. Like, ever since we watched... um, the other folk horror, the old school folk horror one. Uh, Wicker, Wicker Man. Man. Yeah. yeah. Ever since Wicker Man, part of me has weirdly yearned for another English folk yeah. horror story. And I thought, oh, fuck, this is going to be it. This is going to be really interesting. And then literally that midpoint, after all that great build up, she comes back to the house. Obviously, then we're seeing the, all the different Rory Kinnears taking place. And then once she's back at the house and then it's just full nightmare mode. It's purposely meant to be, this is her nightmare made, made flesh. Yep. And all that other stuff, it is completely forgotten about. It's almost like unnecessary to the rest of the plot that takes place from there because it almost feels disconnected. Hmm. Like, I don't understand, like, why the landscape being scary ties into how the men are scary, other than, I guess, the landscape was nice up until a man entered it. Yep. I suppose you could make the claim there. But again, it was, it was done so wonderfully. I was like, fuck, I'm loving this. And hmm. then it stopped. And we got a completely different movie for the second half. Yeah, yeah. And also, in that second half, I just don't think he's got a firm handle on... Uh, on the one hand, it's very simplistic. And yeah. It's like, ah, oh, this isn't deep at all. This is just like in your face. Um, the metaphor is in your face. But that's yeah, okay yeah. sometimes. Yeah. That is fine. But it's also kind of like there are ways to look at it and be like, is this just a fever dream nightmare and nothing mm. is actually happening? Or did things happen? And then her friend shows up yeah. and it's like, well, there's blood everywhere. There's the car crash. Yes. There's all this. She's got blood on her hands. So, yeah, it did happen. It did so all happen. Absolutely bizarre. And at no point from memory does she ever have a moment where it's like, why do you all look the same? Yeah. So it's kind of like, so are they not the same guy then? Is that just, she is seeing that appearance. No, I think that's, outwardly, just a, that's just a stylistic choice. Outwardly though, is she, you know, have a bunch of people died, a bunch of different people, or are they all Rory Kinnear? So Sean, it's because all men are inherently the same. That's the, yeah, but that still doesn't answer the, the question. Like, no, it it's, okay, it's okay to it's okay to say that. Yeah, right? in the world that, of that's the film, his thing. He, that's the message he wants to get across. That's fine. But in the world of the film, are they that, or is, or have a bunch of different men in that village all died, right. and I we've just seen the one face? I think it's different. I think because she never has a moment yeah. where yeah. she's like, "Hang on." She does. There's a bit with the priest one where I think mm. she says, "Doesn't she say what the fuck are you?" Right. Which I've found to be such a baffling thing because you wouldn't say that to someone unless something is wrong. Right. Well, it's like when if it, someone's no, breaking into says, my it's home, when he says um, that it's her, basically is like, "Well, you should have forgiven," like ba- implying mm. that it's her fault. And yeah, but she says, what wouldn't the fuck your are you? wouldn't your question be, "Who the fuck are you? Who are you? Not what are you?" Well, when she again, says, "What are you?" It makes me go, "Hang on, is she now suddenly right, aware that into- there is something very?" Supernatural about this village. I yeah. think it's purely a stylistic choice. Well, then it's it's a muddied one. I think. Well, here's yeah, here's my issue. I think he's got obviously like he's got his great big metaphor. It's he's on a little dinghy. There's his great big metaphor island that he's heading towards. Yeah. He does not have his hand on the tiller. The ocean will take him there, and it's going to take a few waves and a few dips and sides and all this sort of stuff. But all of it's a bit messy. We're not going in a direct line because like a lot of the imagery that we're seeing, especially in the nightmare sequencing, I'm trying to wonder like, oh, it must be some level that I'm not smart enough to understand. Yeah. Or like, is it that? Or is it just like kind of just random nightmare stuff is happening, men bad and all the rest of it? Like we're obviously like the birthing scene. Well, yeah, great. That metaphor can slap you in the face pretty easily. Yeah. They're all looking the same, same, same thing. But then all the other beats along the way, I'm like, I don't know what 
I'm meant to be, I'm not connecting the dots that normally I, for good sort of steady filmmaking where you're like, oh, I see what you've done there. That's fucking brilliant. You've yep. used that line. You've used that piece of imagery. You've used that sound, whatever. Mm. Where I just kind of felt like it was a random collection of uh, images and sounds. And I, I don't really know if there was a deeper level of all of this is tying into our central theme or this is just random stuff happening up until we get to the birthing scene. That's right. Yeah. I think I, you can look at it and go, certainly respect the craft of the filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Don't respect the craft of the storytelling. Yes, that's yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it, had, it has a lot of similarities to Mother, wouldn't you think? The worst movie ever made. Yeah, I know you're not a massive <laughs> fan. I hate it. it. Uh, and it's one that I like. I just don't think about. Someone asked me about it recently and I was kind of like, oh yeah, Mother. Like I saw it in the cinema. Oh yeah, I've seen that. I, <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't hate it. Uh, didn't love it. Never really thought about it again. Right. But that is a film that sets itself up and then at a certain point you go, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. Mm. And then the third act is just insanity. Yeah. It's mother is exactly the same as men. Yeah. yeah right. Except I think men is better made. Uh, and the reason, no, 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 no. Could because, no, no, no. Men's better because mother is a movie. Half, 50% of mother, sorry, mother, because it's got an explanation point because I'm a dumb <laughs> fucking idiot. My name's Darren Aronofsky. Half I've of I've been mother, calling you Tom this whole time. I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually Dazza. Uh, half of mother feels like, because he just started dating Jennifer Lawrence yeah, for this movie. Yeah, yeah. And he is a lot older than Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. Mm. Half of this movie feels like him showing off to his friends his hot younger girlfriend. <laughs> like it feels like um, he, he feels like the director from Hot Fuzz who casts oh. his, the girl that he's <laughs> yeah, yeah, sleeping yeah. with as Juliet and she's yeah. a terrible... Not that Jennifer Lawrence is a terrible actress, but it just feels like he, this movie he's kind of made to show off her mm. and be like, isn't she beautiful? And I thought she's so hot. And then also a movie where he's like, this is really deep. It's like, no, 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 we get it. Yeah. Javier Bardem's God. This is M- Mother it. is a really small, simple idea. Yes. Mm. That is like one of those movies you watch and go, make a short film, mate. Mm-hmm. Well, no, but you can write a short story. You can take. You could do it, but he didn't do it in a way that satisfied. No, to yeah, a feature right. length. Yeah. That's why I think Men is is stronger because it feels like he's trying. Mother doesn't feel like Aronofsky's trying. It just feels like he's doing a. This bit, is recency he, bias, I think. You haven't watched Mother for probably five, six years. But I, but I enjoyed Men. I didn't enjoy Mother watching it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yours is a baffling mind, though. It's can, true because I put this to you. Yes, they're both shit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can I ask you guys this though? Huh. For both of these examples, obviously, like. They're, they've taken this one sort of central idea, let's call it a metaphor, and they've ma- like they've taken the metaphor and made it real, and they've taken it to the nth degree. They've made it really extreme. Do you think if instead they had simplified it and the metaphor wasn't so actualized and actually real and in our face and everything like this, if it was like even for this one, yeah, they all kind of maybe they all kind of look like brothers instead of literally being the exact same guy, and maybe you know there are a, there's a there's a grandfather, a father, and a son, and they all kind of you know none of them have mothers. Weirdly, it's almost like they've birthed themselves. We don't yeah. actually visually see them birth themselves. Better movie. If it had taken a few steps back, still kept the metaphor, but kept it within reality instead of like you said the nightmare sequence where we're like is this happening or is this not but then obviously a friend sees a trail of blood so yes weirdly yeah like to me i think metaphor is exactly that it's it's an example amplifying another point not just that point made real yeah i agree i, I think also if it had have put its whole back pussy into the folk elements yeah 
then I think you can you can because uh, I don't hate the theca- theatricality of having Rory Kinnear play every man in the village. Yes, but do you, how much more powerful would that have been? Because I went into this movie knowing that he was playing. All yeah, men. yeah. I thought there would have been a greater effort to make him look different. There should have been ones that just didn't even look like Rory Kinnear, but mm. he's still playing them, or maybe slightly. Like I like your idea of having yeah, like yeah. slight resemblances, but it's like from like the second or third one you meet, you're like, oh, okay, they're not going to make much of an effort, are they? No. Like, well, and then obviously, and then once we see the kid, yeah, where it's like. We- the weirdest looking fucking kid ever. Right. And like, I almost feel like they've done that somewhat deliberately. Like, it's meant to be a little bit unsettling to I me. think it's shit enough that it's deliberately Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's meant to be like, you get that it's the same guy. Because, yeah. yeah, yeah. His performances are sensational. He's, he's, he, he's fantastic. The mannerisms and everything. Like, and here's one thing I did kind of like. So, I, I read something about how like all Rory Kinnear purposely was trying to do like, here are the different ways men can be toxic. We've yeah. got like, you know, obviously uh, the, yeah, the different got, archetypes of- The different uh, archetypes. Yeah, without sort of leaning real hard into yeah. like jock, yeah. you know, um, fucking nerd who deserve, who thinks he deserves sex or whatever. Like instead yeah. of hitting all those notes, you know, even the, the priest I think was arguably the best example where at first he seems quite- empathetic and and sort of kind towards her and then slowly twists into him blaming her for her own, you know, she's the victim, blah, blah, blah. And then being a full-blown rapist by the back half. Yeah, and then even like the kid is like just straight up is an arsehole toxic shithead and then the guy, I can't remember the name, who runs the actual Airbnb. He's the most interesting one and and this this is the point that my partner when we were driving home, she was saying there's a point in it where... It feels like he's going to be like he seems like a nice dude, but maybe he's saying fucked things. Yeah, and she was like, "They should have leaned heavier into that." Where she starts doing this thing of being like, "Oh no, I'm just I'm imagining it. Mm. I'm imagining it." He's he didn't actually say that. Yeah, whereas yeah, they, they never, don't they never gave you that no. sort of that rope to sort of be like, yeah, there was no ambiguity to it at yeah. all. It was kind of just a very flat. Here it is. Yep. Yeah. And that, like I said, they wooed you a little bit with some of the other stuff, the, right? The craft elements of filmmaking, but they yeah, didn't yeah. really like it's. Yeah, it's not a very filling meal, is it? This movie. Yeah. Can I ask yeah. a question too? Did you both know Rory Kinnear was doing all the roles? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I did. I talked about this movie uh, with Billy from yeah. the We Watched Thing podcast. Yeah. He watched the whole movie. He didn't realize it's the same fucking guy. <laughs> so maybe it did work. <laughs> maybe. Shit. Must have just been some major face blindness, I think. I would love yeah. to know if anyone outside of Billy yeah. has had that same experience. Yeah, let us know. When he told to me, me that, that was crazy. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, because I knew about it going in, but even if I didn't, I would have picked up on it. Like, He's just gone, oh, they've cast a weird looking yeah. kid there. I said to him, yes. Yeah, <laughs> didn't the kid baffle you completely? He goes, I just thought it was really shit, like. I don't know. I just thought it was really shit effects or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. That's that, is, that is very funny. But yeah, hey, but Alex Garland, there was one person. Hey, you got him, Alex. Got him. You did it. Well done. <laughs> you didn't You didn't break the, the makeup budget. Also, Alex, congratulations on feminism. Yeah. You did it. You won feminism. Proud of you. Just yeah. on the, Alex funny, Garland. Sorry, yeah. Ex Machina, really great film. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Annihilation, pretty good too. Like, I um, love Annihilation. We should probably do it for this show at some point. Mm, yeah. It's a good film. Uh, that, it's really good. He's Sunshine, the script of that. He's the oh, writer yeah. for that. Obviously, 28. We should do 28 Days. We should do, honestly, we could do all, we could justify doing every single one mm. of Alex Garland's films for this podcast, except maybe Ex Oh, you could justify Ex Machina. You could justify it, yeah. But yeah, definitely 28 Days Later. So they're Definitely the, Sunshine, he, too. He, he teamed up quite well with Danny Boyle as director. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 28 Days Later, Sunshine. Mm. He's an interesting cat. Mm. I, I listened to an interview with him, and he... Oh, maybe I read it. Mm. And he was saying, he doesn't even really enjoy directing. Right. He does it more out of a place of, I've written this thing that I love, and I don't want someone else to fuck it up by making bad choices. See, that's interesting, because I read it something else with him where he really, uh, really made me quite... Um, enamored of him where he talked about like 
anytime if our movie's good, it's it's not because of me. It's because everybody around me and I I just listen to them. I consider them all experts. Rah, rah, rah. I wonder when that was was done. Yeah. This was a very recent one where he was kind of like, I'm burnt out by it. And he doesn't like the social aspect of directing. Oh, fuck. I think he's a more, he's a shy guy who doesn't really yeah. like to, you know, directors sometimes have to be quite strong and have to, you know, really take action and, sure. and tell people what they want. And I don't think that's the, that's not his natural role. He has yeah. to, he says it's almost like a performance for him. He has to get himself up to do that on top of all his other directing responsibilities. Right, right. And so I think, yeah, he was sort of implying, I'll be happier to maybe just go back to doing scripts or writing novels again, all that sort of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Interestingly, okay. though, he does, as this movie came out, he was already into production on his next film, which I think is called Civil War with Kirsten Kirst Dunst. Dunst. Right. Yeah. But you watch this movie and you go, man, I wish he'd had the time to absorb what people say about right. it and then yeah. maybe take on. It's hard to learn stuff sometimes if you immediately launch into the next project. Yeah, yeah. It's forgotten. It's yeah. A- so any of the shortcomings of men perhaps might exist in his next film as well. Well, it depends, he hasn't really though, taken the time to learn. He may have learned it, but I think there are sometimes when you get outside voices say, hey, what about this? You can you can learn a bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My argument, though, is is Civil War going to tackle subject material that maybe he lacks a lived experience at all? I don't know. I, yeah. Who knows? We can assume what that movie's about, but we don't know. <laughs> Not great. Yeah, yeah. It could be, yeah. like, honestly... We assumed what we thought this was movie was going to be about. And then there's a 15-minute sequence in which men climb out of other men's pussies. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes feet first at the mouth. Ma- was it feet first out the mouth? That was the mouth. Yeah. What was the, what was yeah. the fear factor going into this for you guys? Because I know for me, I think mm. I watched like the teaser trailer. Yeah. And I don't really like to watch trailers, obviously, because they show so much now. Too much, yeah. But also just frightened of it. Like I was yeah, really, yeah. I just had that image of the tunnel and her yep. in the tunnel and, and I'd the, heard that and the sound, sound and I was just like, and then the, fuck the this guy movie. standing up yeah. and then yep. running towards yeah. it. And I was just like, this movie's going to stress me the fuck out. Yeah. And for a long time it did. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, well, let's ask the question then. Were we scared? I was peak scared at the tunnel scene. Yes. There's that shot from behind her Mm. as she's standing at the foot of the tunnel, the entrance, and the camera sort of does that thing where it moves in and then just blackness sort of takes over. And the sound just disappears for a moment. It's just horrible. 
And yeah. then the echoing of her doing the um whatever it is, singing. Like, ah, oh, ah, oh, and that, that just bouncing off. I fucking love that whole it. sequence. Yeah. Ah, oh, I was like, that's you know when we have these moments, fuck this show. Yeah, yeah. Me yeah. probably looking over at you, <laughs> glaring. A few seats down, just being like, motherfucker, I'm chomping at a shock top, oblivious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think definitely in the early on, and, and the the tension of it is pretty full on. Even yeah, the first yeah. couple of scenes at not that that great scene where she's on the phone. Mm. And she and the guys walking around the house, and she doesn't know. Yeah, he's there. paint yeah, on yeah, screen, yeah. and it's broad daylight. Yeah, and it's terrifying because you're like, look, yeah, turn around. It's classic. It's like, classic what you- suspense of we know something the character doesn't, yeah. and we're just like yelling at the screen, waiting for them to recognize it. They don't give you the big jump scare that you expect. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I expect she's going to turn at some point and see him in the window with his dick pressed up against the glass or something <laughs> fucked, and it just never happened. And I was like, what, Garland? What are you doing, man? Yeah, yeah. What's happening here? And I will say, like again, I. So for me, the scares all came in the first half. The second yeah. half was, even though it was more horrific in some ways, yeah. because the character almost felt like she'd like she'd reached a point where she was accepting and like not given up per se, but just like going with the crazy. And so naturally, yeah. I kind of went with the crazy as well. And I kind of was like, I don't even know what's going. Like my my defense is lowered in a way of like, yeah, kind of giving in, I guess. Yeah. But in the first half. 100% I was scared. I thought it was brilliantly, brilliantly done for all the reasons we already listed. And even just like here, yeah, her running back up that path, yeah. the rail thing. And then we even see that door of the thing. I think, oh, great. That's going to come back in at the end. Like, yeah, for sure. All of it was built in to really deliver on, on these scares, which obviously then it completely wasted. But one other thing I want to say is something that I think I recognize with this movie and it's probably happened in other movies, but I don't know that I've necessarily recognized it. And I think it even plays into sometimes my own mental state where she was trying to be happy the whole time. Yeah. Her, the character, had had something horrific happening, but she'd made the choice to come here, lash out, spend all this time in this beautiful Airbnb, and it was fucking stunning. And even though things kind of kept going wrong, she was like, you know, and her friend's like, do you need me to come? No, no, I'll be fine. It's okay. Look, look at how beautiful the house is. I'll give you the tour now. Like, I love this idea of like, she's unsettled. She's obviously grieving, plus also bitterly angry and like all these other emotions, but she's trying to keep maintain this like placid harmony within herself yeah. that I think all of us are sort of, uh, sort of encouraged to sort of that's the thing we do. We all, we all expect us to be like quote unquote happy or at the very least constantly like content, I suppose, or mm. like playing to the point of like, of course, I'm so happy. Look how great everything is, right? So the reason I found that really affecting was because I've had that emotion more in terms of just like, I'm just in a bad mood today, but I'm not allowed to be in a bad mood. My life's pretty fucking great compared yeah. to so many other people across all time in history. So I guess I've got to try to maintain this happy, right? Keep that that placid, calm and I find that like that conflict within yourself quite strong some days where you're just like, nah, maybe I should just give in to this bad mood and just mm. be a bit fucking grumpy for a while. Yeah. And then I can be genuinely happy after that. But while you're trying to balance the two, you're kind of just in this weird state of, of uncomfortable. And I think taking that, but using fear instead of just a bad mood being like, no, I kind of should be afraid, but I'm going to try to force myself above it and to keep this happy. Like that discomfort, I really felt in this movie and I thought it was more palpable because of it. And then especially once we know, no, something's actually seriously wrong. There's this guy walking around your house. You need to do something. Yeah, it sort of really added all these different layers to it. Mm. Were you a scared boy, Tom? Of the movie. Mm. I, it got like, yeah, like like you guys said, the, the opening sequences, the opening part of the film and the, the tunnel sequence and even the first night- when yeah. there's just a guy and she, you realise the door's like oh, slightly... She hasn't locked the door and yeah. 
There's so many stressful beats. And the phone. Yes. The first time the phone yeah. flickers and it's yep. this this horrible twisted face. There was a guy like a few rows in front of us who just was like, oh, bloody hell. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it was like the first of the scariest. Like the movie hadn't even started yet. That was yet. good though because that relieved a little bit of tension. <laughs> yeah. so it's like, this guy. He's, like, he's, he's all us. of us. He's yeah, us. Yeah. Hey, mate, would you should listen to a podcast called Scaredy Boys. <laughs> um, no, I think there are, there are scares in it for sure, but I think- they get lost by the time the movie ends. And um, mm. one one of the one of the more interesting sort of scary tense scenes is that night the night scene where he tries to break into the house. Yes. And yeah. eventually throws the stool through the Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. And I love that they do something with that that they actually don't do with anything else in the film. And it's the only part of the film where they give you evidence that may that indicates that maybe what she thinks is happening and what is actually happening are on two very different spectrums, ends yes. of the yep. spectrum. Yeah. In that then the guy who owns the house comes in mm. and it's a dead bird. It's a crow. And right. the chair's on the ground. And yes. he's like, Oh, okay. So then you go, Well, no, was it the crow? Was it a man was it like what happened and yeah and that's interesting but they never do anything because then literally the next beat is he goes outside and disappears yeah yeah Yeah. can i put this to you guys most horror films the scares are front-loaded would you agree with that i will agree sean carney i get to the point where i'm like okay i know what i'm getting now well i think it's a bit of both if i'm honest but i also think it's front-loaded because the the backup one it's it has to sort of work towards some sort of resolution Mm. and if it's a if it's a tragic horror instead of a happy horror in terms of like Blair Witch where actually no our characters I was about to say out. Blair Witch is a perfect example of the inverse of that the biggest scares of the film happen in the last 20 minutes right yeah. but if it's yep. if it's I don't even necessarily like the term happy horror. I think it gives it the wrong connotation. Yeah, yeah. I think hopeful horror is, is always my better. Horror with a win, maybe. Horror with a win. You know you know what it is probably a lot of the time. So our mate Cassandra Page came on the show and talked about how a lot of horror movies in the third act sort of become action movies. Yes, yeah. For any of them, scares are front-loaded completely. Yeah, Because 100%. you reach a point where probably the character's like, fuck it, I'm just going to have a crack here and try mm. and fight back. And then suddenly, I don't think it's as scary anymore because you've probably maybe you're fueled by the adrenaline of the action. Yeah, yeah. Well, to me, it's 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 literally just three act structure. Yeah. So like it's or even more character arc structure where by the midpoint the character kind of knows what they need to do but they're not ready to embrace it and do it yet. Yeah. And then usually, sort of in that worst point moment, they backslide into sort of the lie they previously believed at the start before learning this new information. That there's this all this doubt, rah rah. So you usually get like one big, really good more scare yep. in the latter half of the worst point moment. You know, dark night of the soul, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, eventually they'll win. Yeah, if it's if it is. Uh, Horror with a win. Yep. So, like, to me, it's like, yep, front end is definitely, of course, because they're losing in the front end. And then at some point in the back end, they've got to start to get some tools they'll eventually use to win. And just not not just character too, but I think the front end is the building of atmosphere. Right. Yeah. And, and for us as an audience and a character too, mm. you're not on even ground yet. You're yeah. kind of like, well, okay, what's the new environment? What is mm. what is going on? So, I think for me, when usually when I get halfway through a movie... I understand the sort of rhythm that the filmmaker is telling the story right, now. Right. So I, I don't think I can be as scared in the back half. Mm. There are exceptions, like Blair Witch that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I was about as to above, say, so below just found goes footage. hard the whole way pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Found footage. Yeah, found footage is pretty relentless, isn't it? You because really, the yeah. back half of the movie is the event that causes the movie to become found footage. <laughs> and So all the big scares hit towards the back half. Mm. I talk about rhythm and structure. 
found footage is tricky because the camera is so erratic. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, you just you're never comfortable, are you, with a found footage? Because it's no. just at any time that camera can just I'm going to point over here, and yeah, then you yeah. don't know what's going on over here. Correct. Yeah. So it just creates that feeling of uh, well, fuck you. Yeah, no, yeah. no, Roy and the Wailing are one where the fears, are, the scares are back, like are, are consistently all the way yeah, through. Still yeah, and Roy is found footage too. Um, yeah, yeah. the Wailing is not, but but there's yeah those movies where it's just it's drip fed constantly, so you mm. just want to like like the woman in black. Oh. The scares are. All the way through. Yeah, yeah. I would say consistent. Um, but again- That's a, that's tragedy. There's a note of hope, but it's tragedy. I would say it's yeah. a tragic horror, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. well, it, it, trick, it builds to a win. Yeah. yeah. And then it goes, nah. Specifically yeah. with this film, this is one of those ones, and it's not at all like The Strangers. Hmm. That was an early one we did on this show, where the ending of that was so just not satisfying to a point where like- I, I think that movie would be really high up on our scariest ones of all time, mm. but the ending has diluted. I think the some first of the, scares. Yeah, the first forty minutes of that movie. Yeah, Men is a kind of a movie like that as well, where the first half of it is really unsettling, right. and, and yeah, it's it's a bit fucked. But because of how silly it gets at the end, you're like, you feel a bit shit. You're like, how did I ever let this get under my skin? You know? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. It's got that sort of vibe. Yeah, about yeah, it. and even like uh, even. This is where I really think it gave up on what it was in the first half. Like the echoing sound, right? Yeah. So obviously we hear that in the tunnel and then it kind of gets repeated a few times just in the score, yeah, I bring guess. Bring that back. And then it, again, gets completely forgotten. You're like, that was such a great tension builder. Like, And again, what's that meant to be representing? Is it just purely there for aesthetic? Which I guess so. And it was great. But I'd love it if it actually tied more into the story. All right. Uh, did our characters act wisely or foolishly? <sighs> it, this is a, it's a really tricky one. So here's my thinking. is like, like I said, I feel like she kind of lent into the nightmare at some point where, yes, she was still fighting back uh, and kind of running and on the, but she was also just kind of given a bit of lip and like, she wasn't as like quivering on the ground, terrified, which is great. She shouldn't have been, but also because of that, I'm like, I don't know where smart, like wise or foolish fits in. Because- I think she's pretty wise purely because she makes every possible choice she can to stay safe and a couple of times she cracks it. Like, she tries to leave. Mm. She tries to barricade herself in. She tries to call her friend. She tries to get the police involved. The police do not help. Yeah. yeah. Like, there are so many beats where she does everything, I think, within her power. Like, she runs away from that guy. She mm. kind of tells someone, oh, the guy followed me. Like, calls her friend straight away. And it's like, I saw a dude in the woods. It was really fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. I think every choice she makes is... A choice that you would make in that scenario. Yeah, to try to get out to of it. To try and get out of it. And unfortunately, she's in a horror movie. So, the choices do not work. Not just yeah. any horror movie. One that develops in such a baffling way that it's like, it kind of doesn't matter if she acted wisely or not. No, it's it's surrealist horror is really yeah. what it becomes in the second half. Mm. Where in the first half, it is somewhat grounded other than obviously everyone looks like Rory Kinnear. But in the back half, it becomes surrealist. In which case, well, there, there are no rules. Like, of course, you can't do anything. Like, literally... You stabbed someone in their arm and it split all the way up their hand, which was yep. obviously very cool to like gross, but like well mm. done. But then, okay, they keep coming. So like, yeah, there are no rules anymore, in which case, how can you apply wise or foolish? Because there's no way to win almost. You're right. When the world building has no rule base to it, it's kind of, for me, it's just like, what's the runtime of this movie? All right, just hang, sit and tight for two hours and then yeah. it's over. Yeah. Hold on, yeah. hold on. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no like, like it's, you know, something like uh, Friday the 13th, right? Don't mm. go off alone. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't do, don't do these things. Don't go skinny dipping. Don't get super high. Like all the, all the classic slasher rules of that film mm. are there. And so, you know, 
you can gauge and go, yeah. But, but even a thing like Alien, right? Mm. You look at that movie and you go, no, I know the smart choices here. This movie's like, yeah, yeah, these are smart choices, but also the rules are that Rory Kinnear. Like, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you need the rules as an audience for this kind of film, particularly for a horror film, because mm. you want the little wins along the way. Yeah. Even if it ends badly, you want to have little successes. Especially for this character. And, like, I don't know, again, this is where we can step more into the feminist side of things is, like, Oh, but guess what? Women often don't get the wins they deserved. You know, mm. like you could play on that. Yeah, but she dip- does win though. She does win, and she like she arguably gets like obviously stabbing his arm through the the male thing or whatever it is. Yeah. Like there are wins along the way, but it, ultimately they don't amount to anything almost immediately. Well, she's killed by the end of the movie. She's killed the the guilt and specter of yes. Re- acknowledge yes. that you know he's that, gone. And- that's a like. Second last scene of the movie, sort of mm, window, yeah. like that stabbing of the hand, thing, yeah, cutting of yeah. the hand. That is as disgusting as it is. It should be a fucking yeah. Here yeah, we go. She's yeah. getting she's getting the upper hand now. Yeah. but it immediately just doesn't really matter. No, it just becomes come another in, yuck thing. Yeah, she then yeah. kicks the priest in the dick. Yeah, but yeah, we mean, all love kicking priests yeah. in the dick. We sure, all would. We sure. it should be an Olympic sport. Let's line them up. <laughs> line them all up. Yeah, get them all there. On on that. Um, what would we do in this situation? We would line up all the priests, <laughs> and kick them in the dick, kick him in the dicks. Yeah. So I think in order to answer this question, we probably need to step back a bit and be like, okay, the scenario isn't necessarily men. I think the scenario is we are staying at an Airbnb in a lovely little town yeah. where every man looks like Rory Kinnear, and then yeah. they start trying to kill us. Well, I, I always want to make. I, I was thinking about this as well because obviously this is impossible. Because hey, guess what? It's three men talking about yeah, men. Yeah. We don't want to be Alex Garland. Hey, we survived. We survived. Case closed. No, no, we're dead. I- Jesse. Luckily kills us. Ah, I oh, birth hey. I birth you out my back pussy. Oh, you fair. birth Damo out your mouth, and then Damo gets killed by Jesse. That's the way we've all wanted to go. I would love to know what the tally for the back pussy is in this uh, episode. We've said it. Way Here's too another much. one. Back pussy. Oh, great. Uh, Add that to the tally. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't ripped a back pushy yet, like a Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, I, know you, I know you're dying. To oh, it, that'd be so good. It's like, oh, he just climbed out the back pushy. <laughs> oh. Jesse Buckley stabbed him in the back pusher. <laughs> Sean Connery is the detective coming yeah. in to try and figure out what the fuck <laughs> happened. It looks like there's been a lot of back pushy in this room. It smells like back pushy. His he's, he's offsider is back pushy galore. <laughs> That's a really bad Connery, I just want to say. That's not a good one. It's okay. It's passable. It's acknowledged. Considering yeah. that he only ever did his own voice. In every movie. Which is funny, isn't it? It's so good. That, yeah. the, the, the story of the Untouchables where they're like, can you talk like a Chicago guy? It's like, yeah, no worries. Yeah. And then just didn't. And you could just <laughs> wasn't imagine. He, no, he's supposed to be Irish, wasn't he? And he went, yep, this is it. No, because like, no, no, Chicago, Co- he's Elliot Ness, right? No, he's not Elliot Ness. That's, oh, no. Uh, that's Kevin Costner. That's Kevin Costner. Yeah. But yeah, whatever, whatever accent he's supposed to do, he mm. just did that one. And I can't remember the director for the life of me. Brian right De Palma. Now. Brian De Palma would have yeah. just, would have. I imagine just was like, huh. Well, what am I going to do? Yeah, I believe he was asked, to, and his character is heavily written as an Irish cop. Yeah, yeah, and he was just like, "Yeah, shove, I know." Yep, and they're like, "That's not it." And he goes, "Whatever, deal with it." <laughs> and then uh, he won an Oscar. Yeah, and he won an Oscar. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, but yeah, so I think you're right, though, Damon. Mm-hmm. We probably need to step back and be like, okay, it's not the same plot. Maybe it's the yeah. version of men that we wished we got, which is that it's a folk horror. Yeah. It's a weird town. Right. We're going to be sacrificed to the green man who's a guy covered in needles. How do we survive? Oh, boy. It's, I reckon it's tough. I think it's tough. I think I like... I. I just want to also quickly add that him like cutting and putting all these little uh, cuttings of, of tree leaves and flowers and stuff in his face. I thought that was actually, again, awesome. Mm. And then the way it actually started to bloom and he became the green man. There was such a good movie hidden in this movie that I wish we had seen. Yep. And so, yeah, if we're going to play in that movie... 
Um, I don't know. We all we brace the green man. We all end up skipping through the woods as three green boys. Well, yeah. Do we just do we just get a back pussy and roam free in the woods? I want to keep back pussy out of our. our okay. I was thinking scenario. about using my two fists back and pussy and just punching <laughs> the shit out of every Rory Kinnear in that village. Here's the thing, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I don't all... fear Rory Kinnear. I'll fight my way through that village. I'm getting out. <laughs> I'm fucking getting out. I would love to see you take on the kid version of Rory. Oh, he's the first one I'd bash. You don't even at this point. You don't even know something's wrong. No, I'd see that little fucking. I'd be like, look at that weird faced fucking kid. No thanks. I'm gonna go. Look at it. I'm gonna beat the shit out of this CGI kid. <laughs> Kick the fuck out of him. And then you beat him up, and the priest runs out, and you go, "Oh, here we go, yeah. Father. Cop this in the nuts. This dickhead. You're not using him. Bang. Yeah. Kill him." Kick him so hard, his balls turn into a back pussy. <laughs> That's what you want. We've That's created, what you want. We've created a monster. We've created Alex a monster. Garland has created a monster. Yeah. And yeah. that monster is men. Yeah. That's all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> and if you scaredy listeners have uh, any comments, I would like to say hi. You can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Orchid Trade. Stay scared, everyone. Look at that weird-faced fucking kid. No thanks.